0: Welcome to Chris in Christ, a show about being redeemed and saying so. I'm your host, Chris, and I'm so excited you tuned in to today's testimony and transparency. Let's stay connected. Follow me on all social media platforms and anywhere you can listen to a podcast. Just put in Chris in Christ. Let's go. All right, everyone, I'm so excited. I have our first Interview we on Chris in Christ, and I can't wait for you all to hear his amazing story. So, bef- without further ado, we're just going to jump right in, have him introduce himself, and share his amazing testimony with us. So, hello, can you please um, introduce yourself, tell us uh, your name, a little bit about yourself, and in the name of transparency that's the name of the game here on Chris in Christ um, you can share one embarrassing moment or like a secret fact or a guilty pleasure um, that you have.
1: All right. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. And I'm honored to be on the show, Christ, in Christ and congratulations on getting the show rolling and I'm so excited for what God is gonna do for you. My name is Phil Walters. I'm a singer songwriter, producer, um, and I do all of that without physical sight. I am totally blind which happened about 14 years ago on Valentine's Day. Some people got candy. I got this, but it's all good. Um, And I've been producing music and writing music and singing for a long time. Started singing about nine years old. um, Started my uh, production company in the 90s. Had a a home recording studio in Baltimore for a few years. Went to engineering school um, to learn how to do audio engineering and I um, have a couple of CDs out. Uh, one is called You Save Me. one's called you Everything to Me. Plug, plug. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's and, fine. Um,
0: Shameless.
1: <laughs> so kind of just bringing it up the current, you know. Um, still writing. Still composing. Working on a new album. And um, also, uh, to God be the glory. I am an elder minister in our church. Can I plug it? Can I plug it? Absolutely. Uh, it. All right. Greater Love Worship Center. Pastor, hey, hey, yeah, so, you know, to be um, in service there because that's what it comes down to, regardless of the titles, we're in service to God. So, yeah, let me see, embarrassing moment. Wow, you put me on this. spot and mm-hmm. it's all good though. I was thinking about that when I read it, I was like, okay, let me be, let me be honest, my problem is when people see me, they don't always know that I'm, you know, totally blind unless they see the cane. Right? So you see always the dark glasses,
2: mm-hmm.
1: dark glasses inside, dark glasses in the restaurant. It would be dark and I still have dark glasses on. Well, here it is. Here's the secret. There's two. <laughs> One is when I lost my sight uh, beforehand, my right eye developed a cataract and I just don't like the way it looks. So I kind of wear the glasses for that. But most importantly, I bump into things. <laughs> i was <were laughs> I was bumping into things before I lost my sight oh, so Lord. the glasses kind of protect me. I walked into a wall the other day. it's all good I laugh at myself because if I don't it's gonna be real but anyway, that's why I wear the glasses they're like a buffer in between me and the things that I try to avoid and <laughs> not bump into so there you go that's my secret <laughs> Thank you for sharing sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's out the bag now. <laughs>
0: It's all right. I know there's a lot of clumsy people out there. You're talking to one of them, uh, especially now that I'm, you know, 20 pounds heavier and my balance is off. So yeah, thanks for sharing that. Um, so I want to kind of just get straight to it. I, you mentioned that you lost your physical sight on Valentine's Day. And I just can't imagine that happening um and so i'm really excited to kind of hear your testimony um kind of tell us walk us through what life was like before during and after your uh, after your trial
1: well yeah well before i lost my sight i again i mentioned earlier about having a recording studio in baltimore i was working with a lot of local artists i was writing um, producing and recording music in the studio also working on a project that uh most people haven't heard yet, so I'm going to be bringing out some of those archives at some point. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm just, you know, I have to do some rework on them, but so before things were moving real fast paced, you know, I've always had problems with my eyesight. I lost my right eye when I was about seven,
2: hmm.
1: um, and my left eye was never that great. So there was always a possibility that I would lose my total sight. Hmm. But in the meantime, you know, I was trying to make do with what I had. So, um, you know, I had the studio going, I had people coming in, things were happening, um And uh, I started going back and forwards to Rocky Mount, North Carolina. Shout out Rocky Mount um, <laughs> to visit with family. And I was so amazed at the real estate and how reasonable the prices were. I mean, the real estate was just cheap compared to up north. And you know, I started going out to some of the um, the different uh, nightclubs there, the different uh, open mics and stuff like that, just to see you know what kind of talent is in the, you know, uh, North Carolina area, mm-hmm. and in that area in particular. And I was really impressed with just such a lot of raw talent, a lot of um, very gifted people. So I was like, wow, you know what, maybe it might be a great idea uh, moving the studio and a production company down to North Carolina. So I started uh, scouting out uh, buildings, and I found this great building. It used to be a old Napa Auto Parts building in uh It was abandoned for a while, so someone did own it but nobody ever bought it. And I mean the price was just so reasonable. It was like 9,000 square feet with a Mm -hmm. built-in apartment. My goal was to live in the apartment and get the place fixed up and ready for a recording studio slash production um, studio um, slash soundstage, event. you know, a place where people can do events. So it was going to be a multi-purpose place. Mm and in the process of doing this i um rented a place rented a nice town home in rocky mount but in the process of finalizing everything i lost my remaining sight in my left eye Hmm. so after that happened you know uh, i was taken up to raleigh and emergency surgery was performed and they put this device in my eye to hold the retina in place because it was just about hanging my thread. So, um. And the device they put in the eye was too much for the eye. So although my retina is in great shape, <laughs> the, devi- the device caused my optic nerve to get damaged because my eye pressure spiked. So I lost my sight because of optic nerve damage and uh, that put everything on hold you know, there were things that was in the works, I was writing, I was sending music off to different labels and stuff. Mm -hmm. And after I lost my sight, I tell people this all the time, more than just my eyesight disappeared, you know, people disappeared too. So Mm -hmm. Um, and I took it really hard. I took it really hard, you know, because not that any day's a good day, but Valentine's Day? (laughs) Whoa. Mm
2: -hmm. So yeah.
1: Um, You know, so all that stuff was going on before the blindness and then after the blindness, um, the depression came because, you know, and I always say this to people who know my testimony, I was not in a relationship with God at the time. I prayed over my food. I went to church on Easter. You know, um, I I knew he existed. And I read the Bible sometimes, but I was not in a relationship. Because of that uh, lack of relationship, the enemy got all up in my big head You might as well give it up. You might as well just forget about it. You'll never be able to do this again. You know, just you're done, you know. And so I I, I let those voices cloud my judgment. The depression set in and it it snuck in. It wasn't one of those big, you know, the curtain fell just in one shot. It was a gradual thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the things I used to love to do, I didn't want to do anymore. It was difficult getting out of bed during this depression. It was difficult to even enjoy food, so I stopped eating. Hmm. You know, I, I I believe at the worst I was uh, about two twenty-five, two thirty was my normal weight. I had dropped all the way down to one hundred thirty-nine pounds. Oh man, which is great if I wanted to do it, but <laughs> that was not the plan. So, um, and like I said, it was gradual. You know, slowly withdrawing from all the things that you like to do. Um, during this depression, I did not go out. I was terrified. Like, well, I can't see if I go out, somebody's going to bat in the head, you know.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I lost my desire to eat. I slept about 22 hours a day. Um, and because of, and I'm, I'm, I'm sharing it, this in this kind of detail because hopefully somebody can be blessed by this and hear the signs. Um, because I wasn't eating. You know, the body didn't have much to get rid of you know, concerning waste. So I wasn't using the restroom. So, you know, at at the worst, my bowel movement was 22 days apart. Whoa. And it was, it was, it was a shock to the system. And because I wasn't hardly drinking fluids and I wasn't eating and I lost all this weight. I got apathy. The muscles weren't being used. I pretty much was shutting down, you know, and I just gave up. I gave up. Uh, And I um, remember at the lowest point during that time, I felt one night I was in the bed and I felt my spirit man just leaving. Hmm. I literally felt my spirit man floating towards the foot of the bed. And I remember honestly, Kristen, I cried out, Jesus. and. It was until the third time that I called his name, I felt my spirit man slide back up into my body and I just felt this presence on my mind. It was kind of like, are you done?
2: (laughs) Mm. (laughs) And I was like,
1: yeah, pretty much. And then it was like, okay, get up. I got work for you to do. So, you know, beginning, you know, the healing part and trying to get back into uh, life and then back into the world because I know it was God that saved me, um, not because I did anything.
2: Yeah.
1: Fantastic is because I feel it with all my heart now. It's like, I got things for you to do, you know. Um, and I know our pastor talks about this all the time. If you're available, he can use you. But I had to get back in shame. I, I couldn't even sit up for like a half an hour. So I'm in there like filling milk jugs with water, like an old Rocky movie, trying to. You know, I tied a rope to it and I'm doing curls <laughs> and, and I'm taking my cane and I'm walking the house from the front door to the back door because it was like a railroad, sort of where I'm at now. And I'm trying to get enough uh, um, muscle tone back so that I can leave the house, you know. And I began to, um, I begin to pray and I began to turn on the TV. and. I began to slowly come out of it and i had i had a wonderful couple that was watching over me their family and um they just made sure i didn't leave up out of here so they would come and check on me and make sure i had something to eat and you know every sunday they would, you gonna go to church with us and oh, i'll let you know you know hmm. and i wouldn't go <laughs> you know but it was you know this one time that they asked me i just felt my spirit man, man's like if you don't get up out of here and go, this may be your last opportunity. Wow. And, you know, as uh, I call him Pop, as he was going towards the door, I said, hey, you know, thinking about going to church this Sunday. And he stopped and it got real quiet so the crickets were like having a shout-out party for a while. <laughs> then he turned and said, all right, I'll pick you up at 10.30. And that kind of began, you know, the journey of coming back out of darkness into God's, you know, marvelous light. Um, and, uh, you know, it it, it it wasn't easy. And even to this day, walking, you know, without physical sight, it's not easy. It can it can get rough sometimes. But because of the relationship, you know, praise God, that I have with him now, I'm not fighting this battle on my own, you know. And he's surrounds me with a lot of wonderful people. Um, but I'll tell you one thing that, that really, really got me, Kristen, was um, there was one day, and I got rid of most of my studio equipment. I mean, like talking about $30,000, $40,000 worth of stuff. I, I just mm. pretty much gave it away for pennies on a dollar just to give it away. And, but I kept the basic recording gear that I had in my studio in Baltimore. And one day I had a keyboard that I did not get rid of. And I just felt that my spirit was like, I felt like such an awesome presence of God. And I just felt like I wanted to thank him. And the first song that I wrote, after coming out of my depression, was a song called I Give It To You, Lord. And it just pretty much was a gift um, from me to him, you know, and letting him know that I'm available to serve, you know, should he call on me to do so. Mm. And um, yeah, yeah. So that, that was pretty much, you know, going into that situation, losing my sight, going through that major depression and slowly coming out, you know, going to church that day was one of the decisions I have ever made in my life. And it was, it was interesting too. So this is a little joke I tell you quickly. So when I walked in there and, and, and in the pastor he goes, hey, I heard you play a little keyboard. I said, yeah, I tap a little bit. He said congratulations, you're a new keyboard player. I'm like <laughs> 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 Yeah, you talk about trial by fire. So I had to go home and learn the songs they work on, but it really was therapy. It really was. it, it was it really saved me
0: it really did oh my god i I never knew that i never knew that that day that's when you know a guy was like i got work for you to do but i really got you like i really have something for you to do like right now today and on the spot you had to jump up and be like yeah all right let's do it
1: yeah exactly and i literally i was like (laughs) you know but, you know, I, I just knew that it was it was God, and I needed to make myself
0: available. You mm. know. Um, yeah, yeah. Did you feel like you that was your only possible option left? Was to just say, you know what, I'm just gonna say yes and do it.
1: Honestly, yes, because I've been through all other nonsense, you know that. There are times and, and I know I know I'm not the only one, Kristenette. that um, you reflect back on things in the past, you know, and I know for me that's what I did. I started looking at all these moments in my life that I wasn't in a relationship with God, but God still, because somebody prayed for me, kept me from death. Mm. And as I started looking back, I was like, oh my gosh, you were there. All these little incidents, you were there. You know, I wrote a song, you know, um called uh, You Saved Me. And, and, um, in that song, I talk about these incidents in my life where I know now I mm. was there, you know, and you don't want to keep rolling the dice, you know, hoping that you, you know, you come up a winner. Um, so it was kind of like, you know, yeah, I need to do this. I felt it so strong on my spirit. It's time to stop messing around. It is time to make a commitment. Um, and trust me, there was a space in my life that was not filled because I wasn't in a relationship with God, you know, um. But yeah,
0: that's a great question. Absolutely. Wow. So God literally brought you through, through your service by playing the keyboard. And that's kind of how you grew your relationship. I mean, I can imagine, you know, you're playing keyboard at church. So as you kept going back and kept going back, you were being fed more and more and more. Was God like also speaking with you and like, helping direct and guide you when you weren't at church I and mean, you were kind of like in your personal private moments?
1: And that's an interesting question because absolutely there were sometimes, <laughs> and I'm sure you could probably relate to this too. When, when God reaches out to you with a message or a word or, 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 or an instruction, man, it can make your knees quake, you know? <laughs> and there were times there was a scripture that God put on my spirit. And I'm going to see if I can remember it, because I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to never <laughs> forget the scripture. I think it was 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1 through 10. And how I knew it was God, because I never heard anybody preach it. Hmm. And I was like, when I read it, and I encourage everybody to read it, it blew my mind. It was like, I'm preparing you for what I have for you to do. You need to put this on your heart and on your mind and and, and keep it close, you know? And I knew that was one of those moments. So yeah, it was one of those moments. This was in the living room of the townhome I was renting. Mm -hmm. You know, so I got my my Bible on cassette at that time. It was the Bible on cassette tape because I wanted to study. You know, the Bible says, you know, study to show thyself approved. And I needed to know um, as much as I could possibly know about our wonderful heavenly Father, and I needed to do more than just try to gather that, all that information for two hours or an hour and twenty minutes on a Sunday.
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, so I started to you know get into studying and praying and and so forth and so on, and and God began to move, and <laughs> it's just you know it's just been an awesome journey of not only discovery but a feeling of confidence knowing that I don't have to fight this battle by myself.
0: That's it. Yeah. 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 Wow. When did you know, like beyond a shadow of a doubt that you had overcome your depression? Like, how did you, how did you know that you are like, yeah, oh we won.
1: Gosh, you're gonna <laughs> laugh at this. So I went from not wanting to leave the house, right.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: To I'm crossing streets. No site, no training. <laughs> okay, um, I'm up there, in Rocky Mountain, They built a, a Planet Fitness, and see, I had to get back in shape. So, <laughs> I went to the corner, and I'm listening out. Thank God, there wasn't that many um, hybrids, you know, electric cars back mm-hmm. in <laughs> eight or nine, you know, because I'd have been in trouble. So, I'm listening out, and when I felt it was a break point, I run across the street. And I would use my cane to trail, you know. I did have some training, you know, mm-hmm. when I went to school for the blind, but they didn't come, you know, and get me acclimated to my community at the time. So all of a sudden I'm just busting out like a, a, a butterfly, and I tell people coming out of a cocoon. So I'm just, I can't stay in the house. I got to get out, which was the total opposite of being in depression. You know, I just did not want to go out. You know, I had no desire to, to leave the house. I was terrified going out, uh, you know, because I can't, man, if somebody run up on me, I'm not going to see it coming, you know, and what we placed at was, you know, um, trusting God with all my heart, leaning on my own understanding, you know, and acknowledge him. And he was directing my path down the streets, my crazy self at two o'clock in the morning. Literally. Literally. (laughs) Right. And I'm popping up at the Walmart, you know, like, where did you come from? You know, but it was just like. It was just so invigorating. It was a Chinese restaurant, and you know, when I when I met my, uh, my my lovely wife before we were married, she came to visit once, and we were like we're walking to the Chinese restaurant, and and you know, it was just such an awesome feeling of of coming back to life, but not just any life, but a God-filled life.
2: Mm.
1: You know, it, it, it just he's you know he saved me, he saved me. Things that I I meant to mention that. Help me through this, you know, this depression. One was, God love him, and he's awesome, Wayne McDonald. There was an album of his. Somebody gave me a CD, and he was speaking to the congregation at the time, and I was in my living room, like, oh my goodness. He said, "The time is urgent, and you're needed, mm. and you're needed now." And I'm telling you, I'm looking around my living room, like, Lord, me? <laughs> Are you kidding? You know, like, what am I gonna do? You know. I'm not young in a tooth, I'm a little long in a tooth, blah, 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 you know, and I'm like, and I felt it so strong in my spirit, I felt to my knees, and I'm like, and I will be honest with you, at that time, I was like, who's William McDowell? I didn't know who, you know, <laughs> um, because honestly, I did not listen to a lot of gospel music, mm. you know, so, and when I heard this awesome man of God, and he was talking to me, it could have been a million other people around, but I knew if God was using him to reach me, I can use you if you make yourself available to me.
2: Yeah.
1: And the other thing that got me out of my pity party, because I had a pity party for almost two years, I'm stubborn like that. You know, if I'm driven, <laughs> I'm a driven person. So if I'm going to do this depression thing, I was going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> full blown. Full, full throttle. <laughs> and I'm sitting in front of the TV and, and I'm, you know, I turned the TV on and one of these, um, Christian Network's uh, television par- uh, programs are on and there was this guy and he was so vibrant and he was so cheerful and I could I could see his smile without sight he was talking about the goodness of the Lord and all the things that God is doing and, and all the traveling he's doing in his family and then he mentioned that he has no arms and no legs I was mm-hmm. like you need to get off this couch bro what are you I was done Wow. The party was like over. I'm like, and he was so without sight, I could see the shekinah glory on this young man. Mm. And I said, and I have the nerve to sit up here pouting and moping because I can't see. It was time mm. to get off that couch. I had no more excuses. That's
0: very powerful. That's very powerful. Um, I want to know. Notice- so, you kind of talked about what brought you through like your scriptures, the songs you had, um, and I see that service was a big part of you know your recovery. I want to ask, just because I'm curious, mm-hmm. and I like for people who've had experience to to speak on what they know. Um, and I just want to know like what do you think is the biggest misconception or myth about people who have depression and what do you wish people would know or what they should do instead?
1: That's a, that's a good question. Um, I think what what happens a lot of times is not knowing the signs. Mm. Um, because it can look like, especially, you know, in, in, in younger folks it can look like, oh, this kid is just lazy, you know, or this kid has no desire to learn anything. Or
2: Mm. they just not
1: motivated to do anything, you know, get a hobby. And so you miss the signs, you know, and then also it could, you know, one of the signs is if, if you have a vibrant person in your life, a child or adult, and you start to see them withdraw. And it's like I said, it's slowly, most of the time it's not like, you know, Monday you're, you know, you're running marathons and Tuesday you bolted yourself in your home. It's like a gradual, well, at least I know for me, it was a gradual withdrawing from the things I love to do. The energy level just plummeted, the drive, and I'll say the drive, you can read in between the lines, the drive left, <laughs> you know, we'll call it the drive. The drive. You know, um, yeah, the drive. Um, uh, and for someone who I've always, loved music. And that was a big thing for me. I look back now and I know that to lose the desire to want to do that thing you love so much, yeah, I was on a slippery mm-hmm. slope. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if you're an extroverted person and you become all of a sudden you're introverted, um, you know, if, if you some people, you know, hey, love food. And, and now you don't have any desire to eat you know you only want to look at food you know or you know um, if you had hobbies and now you don't have any desire to do these hobbies these are signs and so it can be misinterpreted um, as something else um, and that's that's the thing that and then you know downright some some folk can be nasty you know because mm-hmm. when you say I mean people are talking more about depression in, in mental illnesses now. But there were a time where if you said words like that, you know, oh, you're crazy, they'll put you in a nut house, and or the family won't talk about it, and, you know, and it's these family secrets which oftentimes do more damage than any good. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do have a lot of spokespeople. You have a lot of people that are famous now that are talking about it, and it, and it, and it needs to be talked about because there are people slipping through the cracks every day that, that, that are not um, diagnosed or people just think it's something else
2: going on until it's
1: too late. Yeah.
0: yeah. I know you had mentioned about the couple that would come to check on you. was there anything that they did or the way they interacted with you that you would say is helpful? And that's something that people who let's say I have someone who I recognize those signs. What can I do to help them? How should I approach them? Um, any tips or anything like that
1: well i can tell you they were both both saved people they mm-hmm. loved the lord so service for them came naturally well excuse me it came supernaturally mm-hmm. that's the kind of love that they gave they didn't judge they didn't um it was difficult for them at times to fully understand And if you don't know this thing you just don't know like oh my gosh I know I, this is not and, and they used to say that they would say, This is not the film I know.
2: Mm-hmm. This
1: is not the film I know. And um and I know it was difficult for them at times to see me in that state. But you know what? They never gave up on me. They God put them there. He put them there at exactly that right moment to to look after me. Because if it wasn't for God and them, I'd have been gone. Mm-hmm. I would have been dead and stinking, you know, and they they, they they brought me through God you know back to to what you hear and you know and see now um for those who have seen me because I know this is audio um you know to God be the glory but they they taught me so much about patience you know and about love and about love without condition mm. you know, and God bless them, they, 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 they've been married now, I think 54, 55 years and wow. And they, they, they've just been such a wonderful you know if I need some serious or my wife needs some serious marital advice, you call folks who've been married for 55 years. <laughs> Obviously they must be doing something right. Yeah so yeah, but but what I've learned from it is you have to have patience. Um, you have to have a, a heart that's after God's heart to be able to deal with the difficulties because I was a mess. Kristen, I was a mess. You hear me? It wasn't just the, the sleep in the 22 hours. It was hygiene issues because I was not, listen, you in the bed 22 hours a day, you, I'll leave the rest to your imagination. And so I, I, I had no desire to really take care of myself the way that I should and normally did. Um, and uh, it, it, was, it was something, it was a dark place to be in, and I wouldn't want anybody to be there. But I will say this, even in that darkest place, <laughs> it's not the end if you allow God on the inside. Um, and I will also say this, anybody in a relationship with God will, will also testify to this. Doesn't mean that every day is gonna be a bed of roses and there's never gonna be any issues. But yeah. God will help you make it through the valley, through the difficult times. You can lean on that everlasting arm. You can draw strength from him, which is an unlimited source of strength. You know, because we get tired. Let's, let's keep it real. We get mm-hmm. tired sometimes. The world is constantly trying to stomp us into the ground. But God <laughs> and those wonderful people who he put around us. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Wow. That's great, Phil, and I, I just love hearing this because seeing you now, I mean, y'all. You know, I mean, I'm gonna brag on you for a minute, but Phil is the most diligent, loving, talented, creative, willing to try new things. Um, he's constantly in his studio. Preparing, you know, new music and going back and revamping old music, um, and he's got a little studio in his house. He's actually the one that created um, the theme music for this show. He helped me um, come and get all my sound right, and like just and just freely, like that's just what he loves to do. And God's truly gifted him and blessed him um, to do that. And I just. I love to see how unfortunately that was your passion wasn't there at one point. Like your talent was always there, your gift was always there. But it was the passion piece that I think the enemy can get a hold of and get us to stop and just kind of get passive and inactive. And, and, and um so to see you now, you know on Facebook Live throughout the week and encouraging other musicians and trying to help other people through his music, using his gift, constantly serving, it's such a beautiful thing to witness and to experience. I mean, when we were at church, you know, by a um, uh, choir rehearsal at Phil's house, you know, like that's just how how amazing it is and I just, I love to see people who are like fully enthralled in their work and you are probably the best example i've seen of that and so i mean personally i just want to thank you um for just really showing us what it looks like to be determined and to to stick with it and to stick with it um so i know you mentioned to us a little earlier about your albums and your songs can you kind of just tell us like what what are you working on now? What's your ministry um, now, especially in the midst of this pandemic we're in?
1: Wow. So it's interesting because I say this a lot. I don't have a problem being behind the scenes. <laughs> and that's when God will put you in the front. Exactly. Because, like, you don't really care <laughs> if you're in the front. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's like yes, I'm good. I'm good. I'm 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 fine. Supporting. You know what I mean?
0: Yes. To, to yeah.
2: That's
1: a question. Um, the Facebook Live. It was something God came to me. He's just like, you need to do something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Get up.
1: And I'm like, well, Lord, what do you want me to do? Well, the Facebook Live. I'm like, and you know, I'm like, I was like Moses for a minute. Well, Lord, you know, I'm so sweet. You know, but no, ah, um. You know, I got no physical sight, right, Lord? You know, I'm having difficulty with this whole camera thing, and usually somebody else is doing it. Yeah. And we got like a quarantine going on. We got like a social distancing. So, ain't nobody popping up in here trying to be working on no cameras right now. So, I was like, well, just, you know, trust me and the people that I put around you, we'll get it done. So, I started this thing, and I said, okay, well, Lord, what are we going to do? And I was laying in bed and said, hey, Lunchtime, lift me up live with Phil Waters. Yeah. faith and not by sight. I'm like, okay. <laughs> that sounds good. What am I going to do? What, what do you do? Sing some songs, you know, read a scripture. Talk to some people. You know, pray for somebody. Try to lift some spirits up in this difficult time we're going through, you know. And I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, <I've> <laughs> back. And then, you know, if you look at some of the old videos on Facebook, I was sideways. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All over.
1: Sideways a couple of times. One time I had the camera backwards. So I think you saw the curtain in the ceiling. Oh, oh, no! Man. And I'll be honest with you, I was so upset. Cause I'm thinking like if you're trying to do something for God, you want to do it the very best you can. But God was probably sitting up there going, <laughs> ah! did you see him? <laughs> you know. But the key was, and the craziest thing happened, Chris. Instead of getting disappointed to quit, I had like my five minute pouting thing. Mm-hmm. And my resolve got strong. I'm like, Mm-mm, we are gonna get this thing. We
0: gonna fix you know? because it because
1: mm-hmm. you know what? It's not about me anymore. It's about doing the will of God. So I'm like, if He believes in me that much and want to do something with me, let me get up off my my duff and and, and try this thing again. So I started putting it in my, my my little work. Hey, if it comes out sideways, turn your head to the side. You know, flip it phone, <laughs> You know, <laughs> you know, if it's a laptop, that may be a little more difficult, but. <laughs> and only but surely God began to 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 minister. Hey, try this. I try that out. Now I think we got it down pretty good. I think we got it down pretty good. Um, but you know, modern technology sometimes is there for you. Sometimes it acts up. Um, <laughs> but I don't have the um, the hesitation like I did in starting out. I just go with it, Lord. This is what you want me to do. I believe that you're going to show me how to do it. So I'm doing that that right now and. I don't know if God's going to have me do it after, you know, everything gets back to, you know, to, I'm not going to say that n-word, normal.
0: Mm. What is that? I don't you know, know what that is.
1: Because before this pandemic, there was a lot of chaos going on out here in the world. And if that's normal, I don't want it. You know, <laughs> I, I want what, you know, what God has, you know, for, for, for us. And, and I know sometimes, you know, we go through trials and tribulations, but with him, we don't do it alone. You know, so I'm doing that and I'm working on another project. Um, it'll be my, actually my fourth CD, but it'll be my third CD that the public knows about, uh, the the one I'm going to be bringing out of the archives at some point, there's some work on it. I think that it would be nice to share. Um, so I'm in the studio now working on, um, uh, another album. Um, it's funny how uh, this has been a, a a coaster year, I'm sure for a lot of people. But God has been like, in this 2020 opening, and I know, I'm not, I know I'm not the only one, my eyes, and I believe a lot of people's eyes to things, and he's been showing up and showing out. Um, because as a musician, you know, with all of this restrictions, musicians all up and down the board, from the, the, the highest paid down to little old me, <laughs> is out of work right now. Mm. You know, So I was like, hey, well, take this opportunity to write some stuff. Take this opportunity to pray some more. Take this opportunity to near with me. I learned that word from my pastor, Shout out, you know, um, you know, just all of this stuff. And, and he's been providing, cause I was like, oh my gosh, you know, the things that I've been working on, you know, income wise is a little tight right now, but God has been just been touching people's hearts and he's been blessing us. So, you know, thank God we're good. And, you know, we just asking him God, you know, we can be a blessing, show us when and how to do that, but. Another album's coming. I can't tell you exactly. Yay, what it is. That's okay. I'll be the glory. <laughs> um, sometime in 2021, I hope. Um, I'm working on a song right now. Um, it, it is copyrighted, so I can share it. It's all right. by David. And if anybody knows the story of David, when he was coming back to uh, city of peace, Jerusalem, and he was so happy um, having the Ark of the Covenant and coming back with it. That he danced right out of his clothes. Well, we're gonna keep our clothes on. <laughs> Amen. Um, but the song it's 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 um it's basically about the joy of David. And it's it's really gonna be interesting because it's up tempo, it's mm. dancey, it's it's easy to learn, and but it's you 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 know my music. It's yeah. You know my music. I, I just, I move according to how I feel God wants me to move. So I'm, it, it may not sound like anything else you, you have heard, but I really think and hope and pray that people will enjoy it because um, it's a song about rejoicing. It's a song about celebration. Um, and, you know, David got down, he was getting down, <laughs> jumping and leaping and and, 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 and I want people to have that same experience when they hear the song, so it's going to make you move. It's going to make you want to dance. It's going to make you want to clap or shout and and give God praise because that's the whole principle of it is, you know, we, you know, have a reason to celebrate. Um, So uh, we serve an awesome God. Yeah, so I'm working on that. Um, I'm actually making some tracks for some uh, instrumentals for movies,
2: commercials
1: for uh, plays. I'm just cataloging right now. All this time, I'm just cataloging because when God says so, I'm going to go and I'm going to start shopping a lot of the material for podcasts. And, <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm just cataloging movie, um, excuse me, music for that, I'm writing. God has got me up. I did, a, I did a recent post on Facebook. Uh, I got this little thing I do called the uh, Independent Artist Musicians Minute. And this latest article is about, you know, uh, taking a song from me from birth, uh, you know, the birth of a song, from dream to reality. And I'm doing like a two or three part series because it's, you know, for me there's a certain amount of steps. And there's a lot of ways to produce music. You know, you have a lot of different devices, computer-based stuff, um, hard gears, you know, studio mixing consoles. But for me, I'm talking about what works for me and I'm sharing it. So that's kind of what, I, what I've been up to, you know. Awesome.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Awesome.
0: I'm just so excited and again, super grateful to have you on and to have you share your experiences and all your talent with us. Um, So on behalf of me and all the listeners, we just want to say thank you. And of course, I'll be having um, some of your work, you know, on the page and sharing it with the listeners so that we can all kind of get together and support one another Listen to some good stuff, and I just want to say thank you again
1: for for
0: interviewing.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so excited for the work that you're doing and what God's gonna, you know, do through you. And and my wife's got uh, something. She's gonna she's gonna contact you later. She's got something she wanna surprise you with. Oh, great! Yeah, and I'm I'm praying that it it just that God just just do what He do so well, you know, because we really believe in like Pastor said, you know. um, podcast the broadcast that thing is yeah around here and you know you're making yourself available so because you're available God's going to use you you know so you know just get ready for the journey enjoy the journey
0: awesome well thank you so much and I'll be talking to you soon
2: all right, God all bless. right. Have an awesome
0: <laughs> thank you now I want to hear you say so Season two is all about your testimonies. Do you or someone you know have a powerful testimony? If so, I would love for you to connect with me and I'd love for to get you on the show and let's share the goodness of God together. Send me a message on Facebook or Instagram saying that you're interested in sharing your testimony. We'll get together and record and you can be on the next episode of the show. That's a wrap for today's episode of Chris and Christ. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I can't wait to hear from you again. Let's keep in touch. Follow me on all social media platforms at Chris and Christ. Until next time, remember, you overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the power of your testimony. Be blessed.